blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. and dangerous we're gonna we're gonna do a little sewing and interweaving so that we can understand things just a little bit better how many of y'all know this is a lifetime journey amen this certainly is a lifetime journey all right get on and dangerous turn with me in your bible to second corinthians the sixth chapter verses one and two as we're going back in preparation with the needle and the thread to sew these messages together to bring a greater awareness and a greater enlightenment and a greater source of strength for all of us on this journey with Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know Satan is defeated? How many of y'all know that Jesus is Lord? Yeah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, go on through. Uh-huh. Yeah, you anointed to go through. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. If you're there, say, I have it. All right, together, let us read. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul here, and I want to talk to you about grace. Uh, you know the girl next door. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about grace. And uh, the last time that we were together, we talked about the day of salvation. The day of salvation. And we discovered that the day of salvation is the day to be saved. The day to be saved is today. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. So when we talk about the day of salvation, say the day of salvation. There can be no day of salvation today until we move away trying to please God with animal sacrifices. <laughs> Or to try to please God with works. So to understand better what 
the day of salvation is. Behold, today is the day of salvation to be saved. It's up under another work order. It's up under another manifest. The day to be saved is today and is worked in by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. Aren't you glad you were born in a day where you can just walk up to the Lord as it were and say, save me? No bear, none of that. No, 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 no sheep in your ears and all that because that was a whole nother dispensation or time that God moved in with animal sacrifices. Now, I don't know how grateful you are today, but I surely am. I really am grateful that I did not have to bring an animal sacrifice to the Lord. I did not have to observe all of the ordinances and things that were given to Moses to give to Israel, which amounted to approximately 613 laws, statutes, and ordinances. So we, we, we have to understand that that day of works and animal sacrifice was coming to an end. And something else I think you need to be grateful for. Well, can I say it like I just want to say it? You, you're Negro. Um, and, 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 and being a Negro means you're not a Jew. And not being a Jew means you were never given no marching orders anyway. But God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, included us, hallelujah, in the plan of redemption. God did that. So, in having that understanding that the law of Moses was not going to last forever, it would come to an abolishment. It would come to an end at the cross of Calvary, on which Christ would be crucified. Now, when we say abolish, we don't mean destroy it. We mean to be rendered ineffective. So the law no longer has its dominion over Israel because when Christ came, see, the law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Well, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, God's unmerited favor when we talk about the grace of God we're talking about something given that was not earned you know on, on a job back in the day when I was working at AT&T they used to give merit raises those merit raises were given to meritorious workers workers that went beyond the norm that the other people that they were working with would do. For instance, if a person got a meritorious raise and his job was to pick up paper cups, well, not only did he pick up paper cups, he swept the floor. Now that sweeping, meritorious. Everybody else complaining, how come I didn't get a meritorious raise? You ain't sweeping nothing. You just did the minimum that was required of you. 
So since we could not do it effectively the way that a holy God wanted it to be done, then he wrapped himself in flesh and became our substitute. Now, it would be the coming of Jesus that would usher in a whole nother order of things. Jesus came to usher in the day of God's grace through the blood of his cross. The day of salvation is the day of God's unmerited favor apart from works. Amen. We didn't have to pick up no cups and we didn't have to sweep no floor. It was freely given to us because we called on Jesus whom God sent to save us. Are you following this? So then the day of grace is today. And Jesus brought grace in, ushered grace in. The law was given by Moses to Israel. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ for all men. Praise God. Unmerited, unearned favor is what we call the grace of God. Now when you take a look back at 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, we then as workers together, see we need to learn how to work more effectively together to get God's word out that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're workers together with him beg you, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Some, some, some of y'all are just too quiet. You don't tell nobody about Jesus. You don't tell nobody about nothing except a certain team. Football. West. 184 miles. Now you mishandle that. You're going to have an uproar. <laughs> At the church. In the neighborhood. In the place you go to make your money. Mishandle that team over there. Talk about it. We should not receive the grace of God in vain. As an empty thing. As a nothingness. We should work together effectively. To get God's word out. The good news is that Jesus saves. So we are not to receive the grace of God in vain. In verse 2. For he saith. I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation. You see that right there? The day of salvation is the day of grace that Jesus came to usher in. It's the day of salvation have I secured thee or helped thee. Right now God is helping everybody in here. Can I get a witness? Behold now is the accepted time. When is the accepted time? What, what does now mean? All right, don't have to be so, you know, somebody went country. Now! <laughs> For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. Amen. That's after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That door was open for everybody to come in. That's why the, 
the, the curtain was torn in the temple from the top to the bottom, not the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom when Christ was on that cross and cried out to God, that curtain was torn in twain, in two, from the top to the bottom to be able to let the Jew and the Gentile come right on in into the presence of Almighty God without a priest, without an animal sacrifice because the last sacrifice had been sacrificed through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And the day of salvation was the very day that, that, that was ushered in on the very day that Christ was crucified. Praise the Lord. So when he was on that cross, you was on his mind. So let's look into this and see what we come up with. Because I, I was, you know, coming in in my chariot on this morning. And I heard a song by some renowned gospel singers. And in the lyrics of the song that arrested and addressed my attention was, if I'm going to heaven, I got to treat my neighbor right. Now I want you to... Mm -hmm. if, 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 if I'm going to heaven, then I've, I've, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I say, my goodness, we got all this unbelief in our songs. So then if you're going to tell me that I can be saved just by treating my neighbor right. I don't need Jesus. I just need to treat my neighbor right. It's no merit on me. It's the grace of God on me. It's the grace of God that gives me that place in glory. It's nothing I can do to earn a seat. Man, you, you listen up in here? It's nothing that I can do to earn a seat. The seat was made available to me at the cross. At the cross, there's a seat reserved for every one of God's people. So you don't have to be talking about save a seat for me. I'm going to be so excited I won't even know your name. Okay? So heaven does not belong to me based on merit. I need to say that again. Heaven does not belong to you based on merit because there's nothing you can do to earn any of it it is all simply by the grace of God amen the day of grace is the day of salvation back in the day they used to call it the day of the Holy Spirit or the age of the Holy Spirit and thinking about being raised in Stoner Hill Southeast Freeport and, and, and later moving on to, uh, to Lakeside at the age of eight, uh, I discovered that I followed my mama and my daddy over there. You have to have someone leading you who knows where they're going. You have to have someone bigger than you 
and someone who's able to give you what you can never earn. And that's grace. And you know, Jesus is so, if you want to look at the law, you do want to look at it, don't Because the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. When that woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. By those men that hung out all night long with them binoculars. They brought that woman early in the morning to Jesus' Bible study. And they cast her down in the front of him. Now watch Law and Grace. (laughs) I love it. They cast this woman down and they say, the law of Moses says that such should be stoned. That's what the law says. How many of y'all would like to be up under the law right there? But they say, what do you say? Jesus said, if there's anybody in this audience that is without sin, then let him cast the first stone. Nobody could throw the stone at the woman. Now, Grace stepped in and says, I'm not saying that what she did was right. Mm-hmm. But I am saying that I'm going to save her because I am the grace of God. So there's no need of nobody bringing up all of your past, uh, the sins that you committed way back then. What sin? When you're saved by the grace of God, you're also washed in the blood of the Lamb. What sin? So, in that passage right there, that's John chapter 8, that came together, Jesus did not condemn that woman and told her to go and sin no more. Ain't that grace? Isn't that gracious? Wasn't that kind of him? Did he ever do something like that for you? Some of y'all sitting in like you don't remember. All right, let's move on. All that was foundation. Acts chapter 16. Jesus came and ushered in through Calvary the day of grace. Amen. He had to do it. I'm so glad that God sent Jesus to do that. And to include us in his divine plan. Because had it not been for the Lord, we never would have been grafted in. We never would have been redeemed. Redemption would have just solely been for the Jews. But I'm so glad that he made a way out of no way. Acts the 16th chapter. The day of grace is the day that we are living in. That's why all men can come to Christ and be saved. And oh yeah, bring your sins with you. Because there is a fountain. And it's filled with blood and it's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilt and stain. Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. Are you there? All right. Now, the day of grace is now. Say that back to me. Okay. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed 
and sang praises unto God. They did what? And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. See, in those days, if you were a guard in a prison guarding over the prisoners and you let the prisoners escape, then whatever judgment had been rendered on them was now put on you. So when he saw that the prison doors were open, etc., he drew a sword, a sword and would have committed suicide. Amen? All right, I just don't want to lose nobody along the way. He would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Verse 28, for Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm. We are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. The jailer did in verse 30 and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him, the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, immediately. And when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoicing, believing in God, with all his house. That man and his whole house was saved that night. The question was, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer came back, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, wait, uh, wait a minute. He didn't say bring no bull. He didn't say keep the Sabbath. No, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, pause right there. Put some brakes on. Slow down so you can see what's happening right here. We're not talking about easy believism. Oh, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hey, what are we talking about? Because the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. And they're not saved, but yet they believe. So just believing does not make you a believer. Is what you believe in. There are some that believe, you know, that you must do something other than believe on Jesus in order to be saved. It makes them a believer. They believe in Cheerios. They believe that, you know, it's going to cut your cholesterol. So they keep eating them because that's what they believe. But when it comes to eternity and realizing that none of us are here on a permanent base that we're only temporary and that we're moving through here. God does not want us to not understand the day of grace, the day of salvation, because it's not the one way to be saved, and that's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again, we're not talking about easy believism. 
we're talking about believing to the point of acting upon what you say you believe. So let's see if this brother actually moved and was persuaded to be moved by what he said he believed. Because the demons also believe. But ain't none of them say. Now think about that. You got demons walking around. They believe that there is a God. And the Bible says they believe, then what do they do? They tremble. Trembling don't get you born again. You know, unless the water's too cold and it chills my body, but not my soul. So with something, is something to believing. Because if the apostle told the man to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Now let's see what, 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 what kind of move of faith is actually here that this prisoner, the guard over the prisoners, is actually keeping and bringing him to the point of redemption. Because it's not just enough to believe. You have to show works. Not to be saved, but to show that you believe. Because we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace, through faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way to get saved. So then what works of faith? That's what we're looking at. What works of faith did this man do to show that he really believed? That's a good question, isn't it? All right. Well, let's look at it then. In verse 31. And they said, believe on the Lord. Verse 30. And brought them out, brought Paul and Silas out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice this. These two believers were not in opposition to what one another believed. They were not standing there in front of an unbeliever, arguing no Bible viewpoint. They were not they are talking about, well, you know, I think we need to keep the Sabbath day, don't you? And somebody else said, well, you know, we don't need to eat no pork meat. And I know that wasn't from God. But you didn't have two supposedly believers standing there arguing the Bible in the presence of an unbeliever. And it's too much of that. Too much of that. If we would all go to Sunday school, all speak the same thing, all mind the same thing, all rejoicing over the same thing, we wouldn't be confusing the world out there. With, with, we just wouldn't be doing it. We owe them a witness. They said. Who then are they? Paul and Silas. Now the question is, There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. 
So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Amazing, 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 amazing